Broadcasting live from the Treasure Island Sports Club, it's In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. I want to thank you very much for making my day in the sun so memorable. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. We're heading inside the tent with an injury update from the Las Vegas Raiders. And that usually indicates a conversation with Dr. Robert O'Dell from the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. But we have Dr. Michael Moses, also of the Neuropathy and Pain Center here in Las Vegas, pinch hitting for Dr. O'Dell. Dr. Michael Moses, how are you doing today? Hi, Vinny. I'm not quite pinch hitting, but I'll be on deck for him for next week. Okay, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I'm on we deck. No one can replace the good doctor. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, we appreciate it, and I know that uh, you're getting settled in here uh, in Las Vegas. Um, just what are your thoughts uh, on, on being out here, being on the West Coast from Virginia, and, uh, and, and, and now spending as much time as you are in Las Vegas? Uh, thanks for asking, Vinny. Yeah, we, it's, we're doing great at the, at the Neurology Pain Center. I'm here just for the week filling in uh, for one of the other doctors, Dr. Shaw, who went to Europe for the week. He's enjoying what's left of his uh, COVID uh, vacation um, while the rest of the Americans aren't traveling too much. So he's enjoying all the perks of five-star hotels and all the good <laughs> food and low crowds, and we're all here working. <laughs> exactly. Well, lucky him, uh, but we're glad to yeah. have you. Um, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Moses, um, you know, uh, I, I know you got to look at the uh, the injury report uh, today, and it's it's yeah. been pretty extensive uh, for the Raiders. Uh, no, you know, major shocks or anything like that. But I want to take you to Richie Incognito, the Raiders, uh, 38 years old. Uh, he hurt his calf, strained it a little bit uh, in Thousand Oaks uh, in mid-August, and he hasn't practiced since. Um, and, you know, there's, there's ways to handle injuries where you can put somebody on the injury reserve list, uh, which would cost them a minimum of three games before you can bring them back. But the Raiders haven't done that, uh, which indicates to me that they're confident that he's going to come back fairly soon. But it just seems like, is that a, kind of an injury, a calf strain? Uh, we don't know the extent of it, but where one day you could just kind of wake up and all of a sudden it's feeling a lot better. Yeah, and his at, at, um, at your young age, Vinny, maybe, but at his age at 38, um, what the body develops is a lot of what we call not tendinitis, but tendinosis. And tendinosis essentially is repeated tendinitis, and now it's reached its final resting place where the tendon is calcified, and it's actually changed its shape. And uh, probably by his age, with the amount of wear and tear on his body, I honestly, uh, looking at his history, I don't see him coming back that soon um, just based on his age and the amount of wear and tear at his position. Um, and if I had a guess on it, the doctor would probably, uh, his, his orthopedic doctor would tell him the same thing. Uh, and I'm just going to guesstimate that he does have some tendinosis in his hamstring. I'm, I'm sorry, in his, in his calf and his Achilles. And, um, you know, it was not, it, right. A prognosis. Yeah, exactly, and, and it was something that happened um, in, I think it was August 17th uh, was the day, so the, it's been a good six weeks, so that could be something that covers that period of time and then even longer? Yeah, tendinosis is permanent, and 
um, you can nurse it and you could baby it and you could play on it for a while and it just re-tears again. I think Emmett Smith was probably the best example of that when uh, his last, his second to last year in football, he strained his hamstring uh, right before the playoffs, came back, played in the playoffs with a, with a bad hamstring, tore it again, tore it again the early next season, and that became tendinosis, and he never, um, he never played again after that season. Wow. It, age does catch up to you. Um, it, it, it was a, age, age does not wait for anybody. It just marches on and it leaves us with scars in our body in different spots, and I'm, I'm afraid that Chicago might have some tendinosis. Again, I'm not his doctor. I'm not sure, but I know at age 38, after years of playing high school and and and, um, and, and college and now pros, it does it does take a, t- uh, a toll on your body. Yeah, that seems that makes a lot of sense uh, hearing it um, uh, from yourself because it has lingered for a lot longer than than the Raiders I think imagined, and certainly it's 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 uh, knocked him out of the first three games, and we'll see uh, how many more he might miss. Uh, Jonathan Abram, uh, the Raiders' safety, yesterday at practice, they were literally doing some light running um, before their practice actually started, and all of a sudden, uh, Jonathan Abrams goes down. Uh, he's on a knee, and uh, he's obviously not happy and in uh, some pain. Uh, the trainers came over. They helped him up, and he walked fairly gingerly over to the trainer's room. He was able to come back to practice yesterday. Uh, wasn't quite moving 100%. That, that, that was apparent. And it turns out that he had hurt an Achilles. Uh, he you know, did something to his Achilles. Uh, he was able to return to practice today and is expected to play on Sunday. But when you see somebody kind of go down like that, there was no contact. Um, it wasn't an extend, you know, like a, 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 a real, like, like it wasn't like he was sprinting or anything. It just seemed like he took a wrong step and all of a sudden, an Achilles uh, gets injured. What is, you know, what's the what's the concern for him? It's obviously wasn't you know torn or anything like that. He's going to be able to play, but what does he have to do to kind of stay on top of that to make sure that something yeah. worse doesn't happen? Yeah, see, that's that is a problem. Um, LeBron James, I, LeBron James, when he hurt himself, do you remember when he hurt his knee earlier in the year? It was his lower leg. Yep, he had that contact injury and he went down. So he had what, we, what you would call a traumatic injury. And when you come back from a traumatic injury, you know that once the injury is, is over, it, it's not going to come back again. As opposed to, if you remember what happened with um, Anthony Davis, he just went up to jump to the ball and he strained his calf and Achilles, if you remember that, yep. which was non-contact. So there's a big difference when you talk about contact and non-contact injuries. A lot of times these non-contact injuries become psychomatic. Um, just not sure if it's going to keep happening for no reason. So uh, it does play some mind tricks on you, and you have to just rehab these things and, and figure out the cause of what happened to his Achilles. What we see with, with many athletes, especially with running athletes, is that they have flat feet, dropped arches, their calcaneus, which is their heel bone, is pointed inward instead of outward, and it's just a lot of wear and tear on their bodies. And they have these morphological and analogical changes. Their body has changed over the years. And now their Achilles tendon, instead of going straight up and down, now bows inward a little bit. And if it bows in a little bit, it has a propensity of straining easier. So I'm sure he has a wonderful therapist, probably a good doctor, and they could check his Achilles um, and how it connects to his uh, calcaneus, which is his heel bone. They could check to see if he's overproning, which means rolling his feet in or walking 
stuck foot. So there's a lot of things, a lot of tips and, and tricks that these trainers look for to see what the cause and the mechanism of injury was. And hopefully they can figure it out so they can square him away. So mentally he'll be out there 100% and not worrying about the injury. Is there anything uh, that he can do uh, proactively, you know, to maybe, you know, whether it's uh, taping it up or, or some, some kind of a mechanism in order to stabilize it a little bit? Um, I, you don't want to lose um, flexibility because obviously he plays a position where it's a lot of running and jumping and cutting and all the things that you have to do. So you don't want to overdo it, but is there anything you can do to maybe neutralize it a little bit? Yeah, and that is that is a double-edged sword because when you do neutralize the Achilles, for instance, if you neutralize the, the ankle, if, Vinny, if you're playing basketball and you sprain your ankle and you want to go play on Sunday, I could tape your ankle up and I could what we call lock it down with that white athletic tape. But what that's going to do is that's going to set you up for a knee injury. Because once you lose motion in one joint, you're going to rob it from another joint. In that case, it would be your knee. So the trainers, and he has to be very concerned about the fact that he can't lock that Achilles down because it might lead to a knee injury or a hip injury. So the most important thing is, is like you said, figure out what the mechanism of injury was and then try to work from there backwards. Yeah, and maybe some light taping and some icing and elevating it tonight and taking some ibuprofen and doing some palliative therapy, but ultimately he has to figure out what the mechanism of injury is for long-term health. Absolutely. Uh, We're talking to uh, Dr. Michael Moses from the Neuropathy and Pain Center here in Las Vegas. Um, We say this all the time when the doctors are on, uh, you know, dealing with pain is obviously something that you have to deal with in life, Uh, but you don't have to deal with it to the point where it overcomes you and and changes your, your, your life. Uh, and you don't certainly have to grit your teeth and, and bear with it and deal with it just because you're getting old and you think that that's what you have to do. Uh, and they'll explain exactly what I'm talking about and have um, remedies for you uh, over at the Neuropathy and Pain Center. You can give them a call. I urge you to 702-257-7246, whether it's for yourself, your mom or dad, your brother, uh, a loved one, a friend. Uh, a lot of times we just kind of, you know, play the John Wayne game and try to grit our teeth and, and deal with it. You don't have to do it, uh, and they'll explain why uh, and how you can get the relief that you need over at the Neuropathy and Pain Center uh, here in, in Las Vegas. Uh, uh, Dr. Moses, uh, one other uh, uh, injury that I wanted uh, to talk about as I call up uh, the Raiders' uh, injury report, um, Unique Ngakwe, and you had mentioned age playing a factor in sometimes the length uh, or duration of an injury keeping a player out. Here's Unique Ngakwe, who is 27 years old, hurt his hamstring against uh, the, the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens two weeks ago, and not, hasn't missed a beat. Um, so he was able to come back, practice the following week, play on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it looks like he's going to be a go again uh, this Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. I mean, is, is, is it just sometimes where you are in the age range that where, where guys are able to overcome things a little bit quicker than others? I think so. I think you're, I mean, you're definitely right about that. And also when you, when you talk about hamstring injuries, they, you can have a, 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 a slight strain in one part of your hamstring and you just go about your business. No problem. You don't even know it's there. Or you can have a strain in the insertion part of the hamstring. The insertion is down by the knee or the origin is up by the hip and you just can't move. You can't get out of a chair. 
So a lot of these um, strains of muscles really are very dependent on the location of the muscle. Um, the really red, beefy part of the muscle heals quickly, the red part in the middle. But the white parts at the insertion and the origin heal very, very slowly, and they tend to cause more disabling injuries. Well, uh, um, it's, and, go ahead. Yeah, and we have no, I have no idea to know where his, his strain actually is and was or how bad it was. It's just a, it's kind of a marvel because there was, none of us thought he was going to be able to play on Sunday against the Steelers, let alone practice earlier in the week, and yet he did. So, uh, I, you know, uh, I, I think sometimes there's higher powers involved as well, uh, that you're just blessed <laughs> with certain, um, you know, self, I don't know what it is, but uh, it, was, it was impressive that he was out there and played, and played pretty darn well. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Hopefully that carries over. Uh, into this game against the Miami Dolphins. Dr. Michael Moses, thank you so much for spending some time with us uh, in the huddle and shedding some light uh, on some of these injuries. Enjoy your stay in Las Vegas, and hopefully we'll talk to you along with Dr. Robert Odell next Friday as well. Thank you, Vinny. Good luck. Go Raiders. All right. That's Dr. Michael Moses from the Neuropathy and Pain Center here in Las Vegas. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador. We're live here at the Treasure Island uh, until 6 o'clock and beyond. Uh, so uh, it's the Golden Circle Sportsbook here at the Treasure Island. It's a great location. All kinds of games on television. A great full bar. There's a sportsbook here as well, uh, obviously, and great food. So uh, if you're nearby, do yourself a favor and come by. We'll talk to you on the other side. Welcome back to In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, live from the Treasure Island Sportsbook. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m. on a Friday, a game weekend. Raiders against the Miami Dolphins over at Allegiant Stadium. I am live at the Treasure Island Golden Circle Sportsbook. I'll be here till 6 o'clock. Don't forget, tomorrow night, 5 o'clock, over at the Rockstar Bar and Grill here in Las Vegas, Las Vegas Boulevard. Myself, Q Myers, we got Raiderhead uh, performing, live music, uh, a DJ, great food, great drinks, and, of course, we're all going to be hanging out, talking about the NFL, watching great college football, talking about the big game uh, Sunday over at Allegiant Stadium between the Dolphins and the Raiders, just like we did it two weeks ago before the Raiders game uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. It's going to be the tradition, the day before uh, all Raider home games. Just a chance to hang out, get to know one, one another, uh, and talk Raider football. Uh, Q and I will be taking questions, taking pictures, whatever you want to do. Uh, but just come out, hang out with us uh, tomorrow over at the Rockstar Bar and Grill starting at 5 o'clock. Also, I uh, just want to let you know that uh, now you can have Demon Rum shipped directly to you. Uh, just go to drinkdemonrum.com. The more you buy, the better the deal. And now, for being a fan, get 10% off your total order. Enter DemonVinny10 in the coupon code. That's DemonVinny10 at Drink uh, com for 10% off your next purchase. We are going out to the Raider Nation listener line. Uh, Cap is on the line, and he wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Cap? I'm good, Cap. My bad earlier signal went out. No worries, brother. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, but, but to say that that, uh, that rum, that rum sounds dangerous. It sounds, it sounds very dangerous. But um, back to what <laughs> I was talking about earlier, uh, Man, I just felt like last year we was 2-0, but we were overachievers because our offense was so good and our defense was so suspect at the time. 
And you you can just imagine every game we played, it was like, okay, we need a we need a stop from the defense, but we're like, who's capable of doing it? Yeah, we had a couple of players here and there, but with the with the, the talent level that we've accumulated just from the off season through the draft and, and, and free agency and you you you, you include uh, Gus Bradley and, and, and his crew is like it's night and day in the aspect of now we look at a game it's like okay we need to stop defense and it's who's next to make a play. Not who can make a play, but who's next to make that next play for us on defense because we have so many players there was players that made plays against the Ravens that didn't make plays against the Steelers. But there was there was players that didn't make a play against the Ravens that stepped up and made plays against the Steelers. So I look at our defense being totally different than what it used to be. It's more athletic. It's more versatile. And quite frankly, the system seems like it's, it's just just smarter overall. Everybody looks like they know where they're supposed to be and they know what they're supposed to do rather than PG system. It looked like the players had to do trigonometry out there. <laughs> and Gus Bradley's system is like, hey, look, this is going to be multiple choice. I'm going to give you three options. It's either pass, run, or play action. Pick one and you're, you're still going to have a 33% chance of getting it right. You know what I mean? And I don't think uh, Gus is in the same situation because I think he, he has enough players with the depth as well to where we can plug and play some guys maybe, you know, as a hybrid somewhere to kind of fill in for another position because our safety sound like they're a little beat up. And I know we got ha-ha on the, on the practice squad, so I got a feeling he might get called up. But if he doesn't, I'm looking at it like, well, Kwiatkowski comes back or, or – Divine Diablo gets some burn, or Tyree Gillespie gets a little bit of burn, they'll find a way to use their strength to be effective if they do get in the game. Um, that's all I wanted to say. Other than that, if you're with me. I am with you. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that was a great call, and you, you hit the nail on the head. There's, you know, It just seemed like last year and the year before, there were players that were honestly just taking up uh, space in a position. They weren't really doing anything to a justify uh, their, 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 their spot necessarily, or moving the needle in any way or making plays. They were just kind of out there. Let's face it, do, doing the bare minimum in a lot of cases. And even in, in some cases, not even being able to do that. Uh, now you look at Casey Hayward. Now you look at unique and Gawkway, what Max Crosby is doing, what Solomon Thomas and Darius Phylon and Quentin Jefferson are doing. And, K.J. Wright and Denzel Perryman uh, and Casey Hayward and Trayvon Mullen. There's guys that are making plays. They're making a difference. Yes, sometimes it's enough just to do your darn job and do it well. Um, But there were just so many times last year where the Raiders got an absolute zero out of guys, like a zero. Jonathan Abram now is making plays. He's being efficient. He's being an asset, Um, and he's making, you know, good tackles. He's where he needs to be. He's not flying around, uh, you know, not knowing what he's supposed to be doing or taking bad angles. Uh, Casey, or excuse me, um, Corey Littleton, uh, he's not been perfect, but he's been pretty darn good, actually. And um, so it just seems like there's nobody that's just taking up space anymore. There's guys that are bringing value. 
guys that are bringing efficiency and playing well, and that's what you need to do. Uh, and it just sure is interesting uh, uh, compared to last year to see guys where they're supposed to be and sometimes multiple guys where they're supposed to be. A lot of gang tackling. Guys catch a pass and they get dropped right on the spot or maybe a yard or two after. There's no 18-yard, 20-yard, 30-yard gains off of a play that's really designed to just go five, six yards uh, and the Raiders are running into each other or missing a tackle or not where they're supposed to be and all of a sudden a big play happens. You're not seeing that through the first two games and I don't expect, again, that to deviate too much. The players are too good, uh, and the coaching is too good. I think that this is going to be able to be sustained here for a little while, uh, You know, uh, assuming that the Raiders stay healthy or relatively healthy on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and that's something that you couldn't say for a long time uh, when it comes to the Raiders. Out to the Raider Nation listener line, Stoner Dude, who I will be seeing tomorrow over at the Rockstar Bar and Grill starting at 5 o'clock. Stoner Dude, how you doing, my friend? Yeah, man, that was an awesome party we had a couple weeks ago. We're going to do that again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. You know, we're going to start off talking about the defense. You know, we've been getting a lot of accolades, and finally we're getting a lot of pressure up the middle. We haven't had that in a long time, the defensive tackle position. We've got a lot of great players. You know, Gerald McCoy is injured, but we got a lot of depth. And, you know, Mike Mayock, what a stellar job just bringing in these cagey veterans that I love to see, man. You know, Denzel Perryman and, KJ Wright, all even even though they've only been with the team now for a few weeks and less than a month, they're already out there making plays and they're just playing the way we need to see these defense play. You know, you're talking about the offense earlier, how we can't play scared. You know, we have to keep up the momentum. You got to keep scoring touchdowns because you know, just like Big Links has been saying, we got to score 28, 30 points because other teams are high scoring offenses too. Just because the Miami Dolphins aren't scoring a lot of points right now. And just because they got blown out last week doesn't mean that they can't go out there and play some football. You know, we got to force Jacoby Brissett to throw the ball, make them pay catch-up. I'm calling it right now, man. Trayvon, Trayvon Merritt, get your first interception in this game. And, uh, and real quick, uh, Vinny, yes, you're right. Tomorrow, 5 o'clock, Raiderhead will kick off the festivities. Thank you again for all your support with it. We're going to have some fun with uh, Raider Nation, and, and we're going to dedicate this one to our great friend, Black Hole, Rob Rivera, who I've known for over 20 years with the Black Hole. A lot of Black Hole members are going to be there tomorrow, and it's going to be a celebration of the legacy of the Black Hole and his life. And I'm looking forward to it, man. It's an old-school uh, Raiders-Dolphins rivalry game. It's going to be tough, and it's going to be emotional. Uh, you, I, I couldn't have said it better myself, Stoner Dude. Thank you so much. I'll see you out, to, out there tomorrow. And, and for you know, my perspective and Q's perspective, uh, it's just great to be able to bond with, you know, Raider Nation, our readers, our listeners. Uh, you know, uh, we're all kind of in this thing together, and, and uh, we do it for you. Uh, so, be able, so to be able to, to hang out with all you guys and, and just get to know you and put a face to a name and a Twitter handle uh, and just, you know, if you have any questions about the Raiders, we're there uh, uh, for you. It's just a great opportunity uh, to kick off game weekend together and watch some great college football and, and talk about the game and, and everything else Raiders related because that's what we like uh, to do. So I'll see you tomorrow, uh, Stoner Dude, absolutely. Uh, and, and, and you're right, um, you know, the, the Raiders defense continuing the momentum, uh, it's just so critical. They have to have it. They have to be playing. This is, to me, they've, they've set a standard for themselves already early in the season. I ex- actually expect them to get better as the season goes on. But at the very least, they've created a baseline for themselves. Uh, this is what the Raiders' defense is capable of doing 
Um, and, you know, we've talked about it all summer. We talked about it going to the spring. It felt different. It looked different. It sounded different. They were carrying themselves differently. Uh, they were expressing themselves differently. Uh, they were uh, a more confident bunch, a connected bunch, not just uh, offensively or, excuse me, defensively, but also offensively. Uh, and it all carries over. It's all part of it. How many times did I tell you uh, whether I was broadcasting from the Raiders facility during the offseason or just, you know, hey, I just drove by the facility uh, on my way to go picking up my kids at school or, or whatever the case might be, and, geez, that parking lot was full. <laughs> and and it, was, it, it wasn't just the employees who worked there year-round. The players' parking lot was full. They were there practicing on their off time, during OTAs, which is organized, uh, you know, uh, voluntary organized team activities during mini camp, during uh, obviously during training camp. But the Raiders did not take anything for granted. And I'm talking about player led um, mandate that said, we're all going to be in this together. We're all going to show up to work. We're all going to push each other and challenge each other uh, and motivate each other and inspire each other, and it, you, you can laugh at it if you want. Uh, you can roll your eyes if that's what you, you know, choose to do, but there's something to be said about that, about the Raiders collectively, younger players, older players, and really this is a very young team. I think somebody tweeted out that it's the sixth or seventh youngest team in the NFL, which, by the way, there goes the narrative that John Gruden only likes to play veterans. That's a bunch of hogwash. Uh, he's helped build this team um, with the foundation of young players. Yes, they've absolutely sprinkled in some much-needed veteran leadership in, in Gokwe and Hayward and uh, K.J. Wright and, and, and those type of guys. Uh, and, and somebody earlier mentioned you know, uh, uh, Mike Mayock and the great job that he's done, and undoubtedly he has. But I think what that's the result of, in addition to Mike being a grinder and you know, doing his end of it and holding up his end of the bargain and his staff, uh, you know, being out there and, and you know, uh, scouting and doing everything that they're supposed to do. But it's also there is a synergy that exists on good teams. Uh, and it's a synergy between if you're talking about the facility and the non-player part of it, there's a, there, there has to be a synergy that exists between the scouting department and the coaching department. They have to go hand in hand. That doesn't mean that everybody agrees on every decision. That doesn't mean there aren't some knockdown, drag-out fights over who's stacked where on the draft board or what position you prioritize most or whether you're like, you know, number 76 from Alabama or number 78 from USC better. Uh, all of those arguments, all of those, you know, quote-unquote fights uh, and debates all lead to uh, the best possible decision of all, and that includes your draft. That includes, um, you know, your free agency period where you're going out and trying to get better. That includes some of the decisions that you make on your own players. But there's a synergy, and it goes even a step further than that, and I think that the Raiders' synergy right now between that scouting department and that coaching staff uh, is so good right now because look at the Raiders' offense – and look at how parts all seem to fit. And I know that there's you know, some issues going on with the offensive line. Some of that is injury-driven. Some of that is inexperience-driven. Uh, I think with better health and with more development time, that, that offensive line is going to get squared away. But you look at 
how the Raiders have built their tight end population. You look at how the Raiders went about building their wide receiver uh, population and how there's, there's rarely any duplicates of any particular skill set. Uh, there's varying different skill sets. Darren Waller is different than Foster Moreau. Foster Moreau is different than, um, you know, Derek Carrier. You've got a Henry Ruggs-type wide receiver and a Brian Edwards-type wide receiver. You've got a Hunter Renfro who's unique in his own way. Uh, And so there's enough variance there at each position group, each skill position group, but when you put it out there on the field, it all fits together because you need – all of those varying skill sets to work, especially in this offense. And then, of course, you know, you've got Josh Jacobs, when he gets back healthy, complementing uh, a guy like Kenyon Drake or vice versa. Uh, and then you've got Alex Ingold in what he does. And it just makes sense. It's a nearly complete puzzle where the parts fit, uh, and it leads to what you're seeing offensively. And then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, how different guys are in that realm, um, you know, w- when you look at what Max Crosby and Unique and, and Gakwe bring to the table, and then you go into the interior with Quinton Jefferson and Phylon and, uh, and Solomon Thomas, everybody does something a little bit differently, but all, thus far, whatever it is that they are doing differently, they're doing pretty well at a high level. K.J. Wright is different than Denzel Perryman. You know, it's just it, 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 it all kind of fits, and what you're seeing – uh, in terms of that synergy between Mike Mayock and his staff and the coaching staff is great communication. It's Mike Mayock sitting for hours and hours with Gus Bradley and his staff, along with the scouts, trying to figure out, trying to drill down, trying to gather as much information from Gus, from Ron Miles, from Richard Smith, from Rod Marinelli and John Gruden and his staff as well on the other side. What is it that you need? What are you looking for in a slot cornerback? What's the priorities? What are the absolutes that we have to have here in this building for that position to be adequate in what you're doing? What do you need in a free safety? What do you need in a box safety? What do you need in your three technique on the interior, your defensive ends, um, your, your outside linebacker, your, your, your Will, your Mike, your Sam? Uh, and it's, it's, it's one thing to ask those questions. It's also another thing for the coaching staff to then articulate their needs. But where it really becomes effective is when the articulation, the communication from the coach to uh, the, the scouting staff is so crystal clear. And that could come in all kinds of different forms. It could come in written form. It could come in verbal form. It could come in video form. Um, but if it's crystal clear to the scouts – what it is that Gus Bradley needs, or Ron Miles, or uh, you know Richard Smith, the linebackers coach, or Rod Marinelli, the defensive line coach, if it's crystal clear to the scouts, it makes the scouts, it just streamlines that process because now they know what they're going to be looking at. But then it's also on the flip side. Just like we heard about the Nate Hobbs uh, situation where the Raiders had a, had a grade on him and he blew some people away at his pro day, and it raised the uh, the bar a little bit. And then the scout called Mike Mayock and said, we got to look deeper into this guy. I don't know if we're giving him the right grade. Uh, and Mike Mayock immediately got off the phone and spent two hours watching Nate Hobbs. He's like, you know what? You're right. Then he goes to Ron Miles and says, I need you to watch this guy. And Ron Miles came back to 
uh, uh, Mike Mack has said, this guy, we, we, we're missing it a little bit on him. He needs a higher grade. This is the kind of guy we want. And it led to the Raiders drafting a starting slot cornerback in the fifth round from the University of Illinois who has not played like a rookie at all. And, oh, by the way, fits perfectly, perfectly in what Gus Bradley is trying to do defensively. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We're here live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook here at Treasure Island. So come on by. We're here till 6 o'clock. We'll see you tomorrow, obviously, as well, over at the Rockstar Bar and Grill, starting at 5 o'clock. Uh, we will talk to you on the other side. Welcome back to In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, live from the Treasure Island Sportsbook. We have to play better. We've got to keep getting better. You know, they're both doing some good things, but we all have to do better. we got to coach better. we all got to play better. And uh, Miami's going to force us to do that if we want to win this game. Jeez. It's John Gruden. Kind of almost sounded like they're 0-2, not 2-0. But that's what you got to do now more than ever uh, when you are 2-0 as a coach. You got to make sure that the team understands. Uh, not, it's great to feel good about yourself. It's great to celebrate what you're doing well and build on that. But also remind them this isn't a, a pristine, perfect, non-flawed situation right now. There's definitely some things that the Raiders can do better, uh, and that's the thing. I think that they can do better. Uh, they should be able to run the ball better. Uh, they should be able to get that offensive line squared away, assuming some guys come back healthy uh, and are able to contribute and guys settle down. You know, Alex Leatherwood, uh, Andre James, the, the first-year center, and, and Alex, the, obviously the rookie right tackle. As they get better, this line is going to get better. And as they, as a group collectively, uh, this five-player uh, offensive line, as they start getting more and more time together, uh, just develop better chemistry and, um, you know, better communication. That's going to lead to uh, just a better, more efficient offensive line. But then also, you know, getting Josh Jacobs back. That's a huge component here. Josh Jacobs is a guy that, even when the offensive line isn't great, can make him look pretty good. Uh, he's an electrifying running back, and when he's healthy, he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. And the Raiders definitely need uh, their stud running back. Uh, to come back and to get back, somebody that's going to be able to carry the load uh, and and pick up for maybe an offensive line that's still trying to find their way. So uh, no doubt John Gruden kind of sounding a little bit grumpy there. That's what coaches do. I've been doing this a long time. It's so funny how as the week progresses, you know, John Gruden on Monday after they win against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Saturday is feeling pretty damn good about himself, you know, Uh, and feeling pretty darn good about what just happened on Sunday and what the team looked like uh, on, on, uh, on, on film. You know, but then it starts getting to Wednesday and, you know, you're installing. The game plan uh, has been put together. And, oh, by the way, it's not like any of these guys are sleeping. <laughs> so you're going to be grumpy uh, just because you're tired, number one. If you're married, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so, you know, the lack of sleep, all the hours that you're putting in, all the film that you're watching, all the uh, work that is involved in just putting together a game plan, overseeing a game plan, checking on what Gus Bradley's thinking about doing over on the defensive side, uh, getting with your run game coordinator, getting with your pass game coordinator, putting everything in, watching film of the other team. It takes a toll. So by Wednesday, you know, when the Raiders are back or when the team is back in the building uh, and they've got their game plan and you're out there on the field, 
uh, walking it through and getting it in and, and practicing it and meeting about it. Um, and, and the game starts getting a little bit closer. And all of a sudden, that opponent starts looking better. The more you watch them during the week, the Miami Dolphins, by the end of by today, you know, look like the Super Bowl champions to John Gruden and the Raiders. And, you know, you start getting a little grumpy, a little dialed in. And that's kind of how it works. I used to marvel at Phil Jackson. Um, he just had a way when uh, I know it's a little bit off, off subject, but I'm thinking about in my head as I'm talking about that, how coaches handle, you know, the lead up to games and, and big games. Sean McVay would get all wound up, you know, and, you know, uh, one of the coolest guys you're ever going to meet. And I mean that sincerely. John Gruden's pretty darn cool as well. Uh, but once the days, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all of a sudden it's just grumpy, uh, kind of wound up tight ready to go out there and coach and compete and do what they do by the end of the week. Phil Jackson used to just be, even at the most intense moments, at the most intense moments, that's when he was at his best, at his mellowest, uh, at his funniest, um, and, and would be kind of entertaining and, and just like it, like it, not that it didn't matter, but it was like, I've got Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant. I got Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, uh, I'm feeling pretty good about things right now, even though don't think for a second that it wasn't burning in his belly just as it does with everybody else. But he had a way of expressing it, and I think that uh, helped his team deal with it as well. Football is a little bit differently, a little bit different because it's a once-a-week proposition, and there's only 17 of them now. It used to be 16. Uh, every one of them is vital. Every one of them is important. Every one of them has meaning. In the whole scheme of things, it's not like college football, uh, you know, the NFL, where if you lose a game and you're, you know, uh, Georgia or, or, or Clemson or whoever it might be, you might be on the outside looking in. You can't recover from that because of the playoffs, the way it's all set up. You can't win your, you know, achieve your ultimate goal because that ultimate goal might not even be available to you anymore because of one loss. It's not like that in the NFL you know, you've got time to find yourself. You've got time to put it together. You've got time to force your way somehow, some way into the tournament uh, and, and, and make a run in the tournament. So one loss, two losses, sometimes five losses, six losses isn't going to kill you. But that doesn't mean that they're all not extremely important and extremely taxing in how you go about preparing for it. Uh, so listening to John Gruden talk, and I was in there, um, you know, it's just – Friday John Gruden, Friday NFL coach, is just as wound up as you're ever going to see somebody. And it's usually pretty – I think there were four questions asked today. You know, on a Monday uh, – and, you know, from our perspective as well, uh, the media's perspective as well, you've pretty much written everything you're going to be writing <laughs> by that point, you know, uh, short of actually covering the game. So even our questions are like, all right, let's just get to this, all right? We've asked you about Josh. We've asked you about Richie. We've asked you about – uh, you know, the Miami Dolphins offensive line. We've asked you about Tua compared to Jacoby Brissett. We've already talked about all this. It's time to go play a darn game. And so Friday is just a little bit for all of us. Just let's get to the game. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. And certainly that's where John Gruden was a few hours ago when we talked to him uh, in Henderson. So you kind of get that sense because you're feeling it yourself in your own little way. So you're just like, yeah, four questions is enough. Let's get to it. Uh, see you on Sunday, uh, John Gruden, uh, and I'm sure he appreciates that uh, a little bit, and uh, and as do as do we, because again, pretty much everything is in the book. From everything that I'm going to write, from everything I'm going to say on uh, air, 
uh, it's time to go play a football game, and that's going to happen on uh, on Sunday when the when the uh, uh, Miami Dolphins come to Allegiant Stadium. I'm sure they're already here, uh, somewhere here in Las Vegas. The Dolphins. Uh, that's what's going to happen when um, when the Dolphins take the field at Allegiant Stadium against the Raiders, and the Raiders seeking to go to three and zero for the first time since 2002. That was a long time ago, and guess what? I don't want to jinx anything. But the last time they did get to two and zero, they ended up or three and zero. They ended up going to the Super Bowl. So, but that's far, far, far away. The Raiders just want to keep this thing rolling. They want to get to three and zero, um, and and uh, I think they have a really good chance of doing just that against the Miami Dolphins, a beat up Miami Dolphins team, an offensive line uh, that hasn't been all that good uh, so far this year against a defensive line that. Wait for it. And, and don't get shocked when I say this, but a defensive line for the Raiders that's pretty much playing lights-out football. Uh, that is something to behold, uh, given where this Raiders team was uh, the last couple of years. They're on top of it uh, along the defensive line, and that's a good thing to see. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. I want to thank you, thank everybody that was here at the uh, Treasure Island. Uh, they've been great hosts. Uh, looking forward to doing this the rest of the year. Don't forget, tomorrow... Starting at 5 o'clock over at the Rockstar Bar and Grill on Las Vegas Boulevard. We're going to be getting together. Q Myers and I will be uh, uh, joining you guys uh, there at the get-together that we have the day before every Raiders home game here in Las Vegas. It starts at 5 o'clock. Uh, the Rockstar Bar and Grill uh, over on Las Vegas Boulevard. Great music. Raiderhead's going to be there. We're going to have some giveaways, some prizes, great food, great drinks. And just a chance to all sit together, hang out together, have some fun, talk Raider football, talk about the big game, and also some of the college football that's on uh, air. You're in the huddle, Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Friday. We will talk to you again officially Monday and talk about everything that happened on Sunday over at Allegiant Stadium. We'll talk to you then. Las Vegas Raiders return.